0: Welcome to the Summer 2023 Tangible Truth Podcast Best of Series. Join us as we revisit your top seven favorite shows so far of 2023. Whether you are re-listening or hearing them for the first time, we pray they will strengthen your walk with Jesus while improving your mental health. Enjoy these episodes and we'll see you back for all new episodes starting August 15th. Can remember crossing that line standing there for a second and literally just going oh my god i did it uh-huh. the weight of what i had given people so much power over my life yes just dropped in that instant
1: I'm Susan Goss, and as a seasoned therapist of more than 15 years, I'm honored to have had the opportunity to gain so much wisdom from so many people and love passing that knowledge on to others. So join me and some of my favorite friends as we share some tangible truths with you. Welcome back to the Tangible Truth Podcast, and I can't wait to let you know who's with me today. But before I do, again, we would love for you to help us with the Tangible Truth Podcast by going to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave some reviews, some five-star reviews, and that will help us get others listening to the podcast, and we would so appreciate that. But today we have with us, I'm so excited, Carrie Salee, who is the assistant of Tangible Truth Podcast and Tangible Truth Ministries, which means this. She runs the show. That's what that means. She runs the show. The whole time. I just keep everybody in line. (laughs) And that's a big job. It's hard. It's big. And it's the most important one of all. So we love you, And bless Susan's heart. So my
0: name is actually spelled the same as Carrie Corn. So it is very difficult sometimes when we're emailing. So I have to put Carrie 2 so that she knows which one this is coming from. So if not... In the beginning, it was very confusing because she's like, wait, what am I doing? Who am I talking to?
1: <laughs> True. So I said, we're going to have to sign off. Carrie one, Carrie two. So this is Carrie two and, <laughs> in our world, but for you, and Carrie. And uh, so Carrie's very talented, very creative. Uh, you'll love her. And But to end the month of February, I definitely asked Carrie. I wanted her to come tell A story, she's got many stories, but one specific story of her life that I think is wonderful uh, to end the month of February because it is a story about a change of heart. It's uh, we'd love for you to go back and listen to episodes one, two and three of February with uh, Brad and myself for sure. But this is a different uh, it's not about connection. This is in, in a way it is about connection, but it's a different kind of connection between Carrie and Jesus and how he changed her heart. It's between her relationship with herself and Jesus. And I really, I'm going to say very few words on this episode. I will interject as I'm curious about her story with her uh, a little bit, but mainly it'll be Carrie telling you this story. It's her story. And I think it's beautiful about a change of heart. So Carrie, I want you to just kind of jump in with this story and tell our listeners about your story. I don't even want to give them <laughs> a clue. I want you to just kind of jump
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, if we start in the present, I am one of those crazy people that runs for fun. I'm not running from clowns or bobcats or anything like that. I'm one of those weird people. Um, and so, but the funny thing is it's one of those things where God, I think uses things that you thought you could never do to change you in the person that he wants you to be. Mm -hmm. And I thought for years that I was one of those people that could never be a runner, could never do any of that kind of stuff because I wasn't that person. Yes, I'm Tall, and the assumption is that I played basketball or that mm-hmm. I played volleyball, and that oh, I must be super fast and all this kind of stuff because of my height. And I really wasn't. I was a music theater geek. I played flute. I was color guard. I was that person. But I, there was one point in my life where I really did try to be a runner, and I was around when I was like fourteen or fifteen. Um, and I was in an organization called uh, Civil Air Patrol. It basically was the ROTC version, or the the Air Force version of ROTC. Kind of thing. And yeah. I mainly did it because um, I had friends that did it. It was fun. Now, when was this? This was when I was about 15. 15? Yeah, we so in around this. 94, 95, if we want to give some context. Okay. Um, and so, but part of getting our next rank was we had to be able to run a mile. Okay. And looking back, um, the only time I ever run, I ever ran then was when it was time to take the test. But in order to go up rank, you had to run the mile progressively faster for every rank. Well, I remember coming home and I had just failed, and so I wasn't going to get my new rank. I had, you know, blown the other tests out of the water, but the stupid run was keeping me back. And someone in my life said, uh, I, they said, you know, what happened? I was like, no, I didn't get it. And they said, well, how fast did you have to run? And I told them, I can't even remember what it was. And they looked me in the eye and said, oh, well, I could walk faster than that. <gasps> Carrie, <laughs> did that really? I, yeah, I was absolutely devastated. I'm so sorry. Because, yeah, I was like, in you know, it's been a hot minute since then. Obviously I'm 42, but I still, you know, there are certain benchmarks in your life that mm-hmm. definitely like stick out of why you became who you are. Yeah. Um, and I think that definitely was one of them because it instilled in me that number one, someone didn 't who was supposed to didn 't believe in me. It was just another kind of check mark in the column of i 'm not good enough mm-hmm. um i 'm not worthy i 'm um, never going to be able to do x y z and so that was obviously when I was fifteen um, and it was one of those things like I always loved the idea of watching those people who go and you know run the Boston Marathon do all these kind of things. But I always figured it's never going to be me. And I had just kind of, in some ways, resigned myself to that. And then fast forward to when I was about 30, 31, which is funny enough, is about the time I met you because... Susan was my counselor years ago. That's how we met. Mm-hmm. And it was at that time that I was really wanting to deal with my trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had, fi- it had finally, you know, one of those, I'm Southern, so we mm-hmm. sweep things under the rug. We don't talk about things. Mm-hmm. And so, but it had finally come out when I was 31 that I had been sexually abused. Mm-hmm. And then add on to that when I was 21 is when I found out I was adopted, Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's a whole nother story, but it really got to the point where those things were affecting my ability to be a wife, mm-hmm. my ability to be a parent, my ability to be a friend. And it really just got to the point where I was like, God, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started coming to therapy and started dealing with some stuff, um, and realizing, you know. Some things weren't my fault, but I was still carrying anger and resentment and all of this kind of stuff. And in the midst of dealing with that trauma... I turned into unintentionally, I turned into what I called a chameleon, mm-hmm. where I would become whatever people needed for whatever situation. So I had no real identity. Mm-hmm. I had no idea of who I really was, what, you know, even I'm an artist. So I really had no idea what my art style was because I was like, what do they need? What does this company need? I will become whatever you need me to be so that I can be on your team, so that you, you know, whatever. And that kind of was my life. I was, I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was a Christian and I love God. Um, and, I, you know, I believe in everything that the Bible says. But aside from going, I'm saved, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was in Christ. I didn't know, even though at that point, my husband and I had been married for, I think, about eight or nine years. I, you know, I didn't know really what it meant to be that kind of wife because I was still struggling so hard with my own insecurities and my own trauma that I hadn't dealt with. So in the midst of all of this, um, I had my best friend, Dina, was a runner um, and she had run like a few half marathons. And I just thought she was amazing. She is amazing. Just trust me and believe Dina's amazing. I want to be her when I grow up. Um, (laughs) But she had done it. And I was like, it was one of those things that I had always thought I could never do because someone when I was 15 told me I couldn't. But I really is something I had always wanted to do. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try. I'm in this middle of this healing journey. And I really was like, OK, that's something I feel I need to heal from. Because even now, you know what, 17 years later, 27, oh gosh, math, 27 years later, I still feel that it's not as deep, but there's still a little bit of that, like, Sting, dull ache whenever I say that that person was like, "Oh, I can run faster, I can walk faster than that," because it was something I had tried so hard and to have it belittled, yeah, yes. was just devastating. Yeah, and as I was working through these issues and these things and this trauma that I had gone through, that was one thing that always stuck out to me, and I was like, I want to figure out a way to release the power that that moment had on my life. Yes, yeah, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to do the Google, you know, what's a good way to start running. Yes. And so I started in a program called couch to 5k and it was super great. I know a lot of people use it. It's it's a really great thing because it goes off a time and not distance. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say, Hey, go out and run a half a mile. No, the first week you literally walk for five minutes, run for one walk for a minute and a half. You do that for like 10 minutes and then you cool down. And that's the, you do that three times in one week. And in your brain, you're like, I can shuffle run Mm -hmm. for a minute Um, and then it stair steps you up to going uh, from basically couch to 5k, Mm -hmm. which 5k for those of us in America is 3.1 miles. Mm -hmm. So I started that and in the midst of doing that, my best friend was like, Hey, there's a half marathon in... When to say it was like March or April and she goes, I think you can do it because this was August and like literally like couch August. And so I was like, well, if you think I can do it, I'm going to try it. And so I did the couch to 5k. I did the 5k to 10k little app. I did rush running here where we live does, um, a half marathon training program where you go, they give you, um, the program you need, the runs, all that kind of stuff. And so I went through that and, uh, ran my first half marathon in, um, 2012. I'm slow as I'll get out, but I will beat you in the amount of miles I can do. And just the... Just the satisfaction of knowing I had completed something was really, really cool. Um, And so I continued to run for a few years, did, you know, a few more half marathons and that kind of stuff. And then out of nowhere, I was like, you know, I really want to do a full marathon. So a full marathon is 26.2 miles. Mm -hmm. But I was still kind of in that, if you've ever been through trauma, if you've ever been through counseling, you know, it's not linear. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to go, in the words of Paul Abdul, it's two step forward, one (laughs) step back. Um, And so I was still dealing with a lot of trauma, trying to figure out I was in a better place, but I definitely wasn't where I felt God wanted me to be. And so when I made this decision to run this full marathon, it was in a place where I still was dealing with some stuff. And one of the biggest things I had been dealing with was the idea of people pleasing, of Mm -hmm. being a people pleaser, of needing external validation to know what my identity was Mm -hmm. rather than saying my identity is in Christ. My identity is what he says I am. Mm -hmm. Um, My identity was wrapped up in what do other people think I am? Um, You know, what do other people say about me? So, and that kind of thing, like to the point where I'm like, well, I like at the time I'm a brunette at the time I was like, man, I would love to have pink hair, Mm-mm. but I wouldn't do it. Cause I was like, my husband is, you know, works at Sam's. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what are his people going to think about Kendall's wife having pink hair? Mm, yeah. uh, and he was like, I don't care. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want anyone to think bad of you because I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I was so tied up and bound in this idea of what other people said about me mattered. And so when I had decided to run this marathon, I felt just this kind of, I can only describe it as like a prick in my spirit of almost someone poking me and going, hey, can you do this and not tell anyone about it? And I was like, excuse me? No, no, I can't. <laughs> um, but I felt really God challenging me of this is what I want you to do training for this full marathon was 24 weeks. So was that like six months? Um, and God challenged me to k- run the, do all the training, all the weeks of training, all this kind of stuff, but don't tell anyone about it. Mm. Which for someone who has thrived off of people pleasing or a people
1: pleaser, that was tough. Yeah,
0: I was like, no God, you sure about that? Mm. Um, and so I was like, okay, God, if this is what I need to do Mm -hmm. for myself to Mm -hmm. get over this thing that I have never been able to, you know, since I was a kid, Mm had never been able to release. I was like, all right, let's try it. Mm -hmm. And, and so we got, I got to the point where, you know, I'm doing it and I say not tell anyone, obviously my husband knew I was doing it. And my kids knew because they're like, where's mom? She's been gone for a lot of hours. (laughs) Um, And then obviously my best friend Dina did because she had run a full marathon. So she was the person to be like, okay, how do I, you know, what I do this fueling, you know, that kind of stuff. But I didn't do any of like the social media posts. I didn't, you know, I didn't talk about it when, if you've ever met a runner, a runner's favorite topic to talk about is running. Is running. <laughs> We're going to tell you what our week was like, whether it was good, our new shoes, our fueling, our next race. We, it is our favorite subject. And so I didn't. So I did. My entire six months of training, all of these things and never said a word about it. And it was so hard because not even being a people pleaser, I think anyone, when you reach those milestones of hitting like your first 20 mile run, Mm -hmm. you want someone to be like, that's amazing. Or you want to just out of exuberance say, oh, my gosh, I did this really hard thing. Yeah. But even when I still remember to this day, I had just got done running. Um, I was on the greenway. I was literally parked at the dog park over as part of the Arkansas Razorback Greenway. And I just got done with that first 20 mile run. And I was so proud of myself. And I remember picking up my phone and going, I got to tell someone I wanted to, you know, take a screenshot of my numbers, my thing, whatever. And again, felt that prick in my spirit. And God goes, why? And At first I'm trying to, you know, convince myself just because it's a really cool thing. And God goes, really? He goes, why are you doing it? And I could not tell my, I could not tell God that it was just because I was proud of myself. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to post it because I wanted someone to tell me that I did great. That that mm-hmm. was amazing. You're such a bad bleepity bleep bleep, you know, that you're, you're cool. You're amazing. I could never do that. I needed someone on the outside to tell me I had done a good job. Mm-hmm. And so I remember putting my phone back down and being like, okay. Mm-hmm. gonna keep running i guess yeah and so it got to the point so the the marathon i ran was in 2017 and it was the um the joplin um memorial marathon mm-hmm. so it's the memorial yes. for the victims yes. of that really horrendous uh tornado that happened a few years before that yeah. um and it's a beautiful scene because the last mile is just flat it has nothing to do with the story but it's a beautiful scene the last mile is flags on either side of the road with the names of all Mm. the people who lost their life. Mm. It's just a beautiful, humbling thing for that to be the last mile Mm. of the race. Um, Anyway, I loved that. Um, But the funny part is, so... Obviously we live about an hour from Joplin and my kids were younger at that time. So my, uh, my mother-in-law was actually coming to Mm -hmm. um, watch the kids. So she came on a Friday and my husband was going up with me. He was going to run the half marathon because he's like, I am never running that far. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and so she had come. What's funny is because we were going to this and he was running the half, everyone just assumed that I was running the half marathon Mm -hmm. because that's what I, that's the distance I had done. And so we're getting ready to go. We're doing all this kind of stuff. And she's like, well, you know, have a great, have a great time. Good luck on your half. And it was the first time I felt a little bit of release to say, and look at someone in the face and go, actually, I'm actually running the full marathon. Mm -hmm. And of course she was like, what? And I was like, yeah. And of course she doesn't know the whole story. She doesn't know that it's, been this me and god thing for 6 mm-hmm. months you know using this um this process and so she was like okay well good luck and the funny thing is so, so we were going up and it was um horrible thunderstorms lightning thunder that mm. night before like there was just be like a 1 mile kids fun run that got postponed to the next day and so like i'm in the hotel room going god you know, if you want to just cancel this, (laughs) it's like, it's fine. If you just want to cancel it or whatever, it'll be okay. And so I end up going, you know, I'm sitting there, you know, and then you wake up at like four o'clock in the morning because, you know, it starts at like six a.m., seven, I think it's six a.m. We wake up and first thing I look at my phone, are we having a race? Are we having a race? And then of course the race is on and part of you is excited. And part of you is like, oh crud. I still, now I have Mm -hmm. to go run 26.2 miles. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And so we got there, everybody starts. My husband starts his own because he's doing the half. And I run it. And it's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my mm-hmm. life. Um, you know, I got passed by a lot of people. I'm pretty sure I was like second from the end. There was an old dude that passed me at one point. And I'm like, you go, dude. Good for you. <laughs> there were literal tears in the middle of it. So I was like, God, what if I can't finish this? All this kind of stuff, you know, that you go through when you're putting your body to those extreme mm. things. And it wasn't just... A physical thing at that point, it had been a buildup of, um, of emotional and spiritual, um, and just changes a little bit. You know, every step I took in my training was a step farther away from the person that I used to be and Mm -hmm. closer to the person that God wanted me to be. And this was like the, um. The top of the mountain of after you've gone through the struggle of six months, the mm-hmm. struggle of physical, the struggle of spiritual, the struggle of emotional, um, you know, the struggle of mental. And then you're like, I'm so close to the top. I've got I'm slow. It took me like six hours and. Mm-hmm. Um, And I remember crossing that finish line. The funny thing is, so because, funny story, they actually had to, since they had to postpone that little kid's one-mile fun run, they tacked it on at the end of this race. Mm -hmm. So I'm finishing, hoping to have, like, this great, like, you know, moment but I'm surrounded by these children who are running their one mile fun run as I'm dying, finishing 26.2. And so I'm running, I'm running. And I just remember crossing that finish line. I saw my husband and I just lost it. Like I'm almost in tears now thinking about literally there were people, are you okay? Like the race officials and the people are like, you know, making sure everybody's okay. And I was like, No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just emotional. I still to this day can remember crossing that line Standing there for a second and literally just going, oh my God, I did it. Uh-huh. And just the emotional weight. And I always fig- like liken it to chains dropping. Yeah. Like the weight of what I had given people so much power over my life. Yes. Just dropped in that instant. Oh. Um, I remember, and I remember looking at my husband and, and what's funny is my husband is one of those people that won't train correctly, uh-huh. but he'll still go out and just kill it. Yeah. Um, and usually he kills it to the point where he injures himself oh. and he had injured himself on this half marathon. Uh-huh. So he was actually originally going to come back and run part of it with the back part of it with me. He's like, I can't, I hurt myself. I was like, that's fine. So I ended up running it by myself, which in some ways again was I think how God wanted it to be, because again, it wasn't a, I needed him to tell me I was doing good and tell me, girl, you can do it. I needed to do it on my own. Mm -hmm. I needed it just to be me and God. If I was truly going to
1: find that breakthrough. This story is so (laughs) wonderful for so many different reasons, but the change of heart is the biggest reason and how you allow God to use you. It also speaks to listeners. You're going to have to go back now and listen to episode one, two and three with Brad and because you also touched on even going back as a 15 year old girl. Yeah. That that validation that you did not get.
0: Yeah. That and family how, of origin. What did family my family of origin teach me? And the family
1: about, about uh family of origin. But that 15 year old girl that did not get that validation from that person that said what they said to you that I could walk faster. Yeah. What we said about the word validation, about not getting mm-hmm. value and how it made you feel. Remember yeah. how we said that on that mm-hmm. thing? Wow. And that that stuck with you this whole time. And then running across, I know I'm I'm having to broad, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, this broad stroke here, paintbrush, but we're running out of time quickly. But how you, when you run across the finish line, God completely changed that validation piece and to I've got you. I know who you are. You know who you are with me. I have validated everything. You did. You followed my instructions. You did exactly what I asked you to do. Which isn't always easy. (laughs) Yeah, it's you and me. It's you and me, because when it boils down to who are you going to who are you trying to please when the question boils down to who are we trying to please God or man? Yeah. Well, that rolls off the tongue very easily for me to say, but it's very difficult. And your story validates. I I want to please you, God. And in the process this is what you've done for me. I get to throw away yeah. the burden Absolutely. of what I've been doing all of my life, and now I've thrown that away. I want to please you, yeah. and this is what this is what it does for me. Yeah. Freedom. I'm and
0: free, I, and I think it's one of those. It's not going to be a marathon for everyone. No, it might not. You might never lace up shoes, but it It might be, it it, might be, it it might be, you know, I'm going to write that book, even though I feel like I'm not a good writer. It might be, I'm going to open that business that I know God has called me to do. You know, everyone has different things in their life that is going to bring them to the place that God wants them to be. We just have to number one, be open. To, mm-hmm. It's like you said. Uh, you use the always use the quote. Um, we're on our relationships are only as healthy um, as we are individually. Right. And I think I had to get right. healthy individually right. before I could be a better wife. Before I could be a better and friend. He keeps running, you're gonna... in yeah, your life and this crazy. That. And the funny thing is, is like, but now what's funny is something that God asked me to do in secret. Now. I have no problem saying, here's what I ran, here's the That's race, right. here's what I'm doing. Um, because I know it's coming from a place of joy. That's right. And it's not coming from a place of need. Right. I don't need to share it. I'm, I, I take joy in sharing, you know, here's what I did. Um, you know, I'm training for an ultra marathon right now. I'm training for a hundred mile race at the end of July. And wow. I don't say that so people can be like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. No, I do that because, I have the belief that if I can do it, Mm -hmm. anyone can do it. No matter what your old, your marathon is, whether it's starting that business or whether it's writing that book, if I can do it and take God's hand Mm -hmm. and allow him to go every one of those steps with me Mm -hmm. and deal with my trauma, admit the trauma happened, which obviously has to happen first you know, it's gotten to the point where it's, it's every step makes it easier to go to God because I gave him that big thing. I followed his instructions on really something that in the grand scheme of things is little. It's running. It's a few steps every time. And
1: now it's part of your testimony. And out of that humility, of course you can say, now, now look what he's doing. Now I'm going to a next step.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Every,
1: every testimony is different, but, oh, yours is an (laughs) amazing story. And thank (laughs) you so much, Carrie, for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. It's one of my favorite stories
0: to tell because it's one of those weird ones. It's almost in a weird way. It's one of those ones where God uses something abnormal, to change something spiritual. It's like in the Bible when a donkey starts talking. Yeah. No one thinks a donkey's gonna be <laughs> spiritual. No one thinks ru- strapping on running shoes and going running is necessarily a spiritual thing, but it really
1: does show that God can use anything. Oh, absolutely. It's wonderful. And thank you again for sharing. And listeners, I know you were blessed by this. So (laughs) I hope it spoke to the heart of someone that heard the story like it did me. And and I know it did the listeners. So thank you so much and stay tuned for next episode. We love you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye guys. Thanks for listening to the Tangible Truth Podcast, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.